0: Welcome to Canvas Conversations on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Welcome to the season finale of the Canvas Conversations show here on the Not The Artist podcast. Uh, My name is Dominic, but you probably know that by now. And I'm joined here by our host team, Matt. Yo, yo. Maddie. Hey, guys. And Colin. Hello. We should have been doing that kind of intro. (laughs) Why did we wait till the last episode to have a super good introduction? We could have had little like greetings we use every time and then switch it up sometimes based on the holidays and the the lunar cycle. Oh man, this would have been great. Well, either way, welcome to the last episode where we finally get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Today we'll be discussing a couple news uh, items as well as cultural conversations from a young adult's perspective. And today, instead of me jumping to an interview with somebody else in our community, we're going to be sharing a bit more about ourselves. But we are going to begin first with an icebreaker question. So here is the question for today. You guys ready? Uh-huh. Matt, I promise, regardless of what you say, I will support you. And Aww. hey,
1: I did listen to the last podcast because I wasn't yes. here last time. Oh I, oh, I got lots of emails. People were upset. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Your fans missed you. And uh, I really appreciate what you guys said. I just thought it's on the podcast.
0: Well, we were just saying how annoying it is yeah. that you're always serving. I was and Colin was red in the face. I've never seen him so upset. Fuming. He, here's the icebreaker question for today. When you were a kid, what was the thing you did that got you into the most trouble with your parents? I'm thinking this can either be like a single event or it can be maybe a pattern of <laughs> behavior. What was the thing you did that got you in the most trouble with your parents?
1: Okay, I have like, there's two. So, the thing that would get us in trouble, like, over and over again, would be we would always like eat, like, snacks that we were not supposed to eat. Yeah. So, like, me and my sister, like, me and Jess, usually it was me and Jess, we'd go out or we'd go in, like, the the cabin at, like, 11 p.m. and steal the chips and everything. And then, Elson would, like, arise from his room (laughs) and see that we were eating the chips that we were not supposed to eat and would snitch on us. And the other thing that got, I think, the in the most trouble or that I actually felt the the worst for was there's one day where me and Elson were downstairs. My mom was cooking upstairs. It was around like three o'clock or so. And me and my brother were jumping off the couch. And you guys have been to my basement. So there's that ledge that goes all around the basement. Yeah. And we were jumping off like the the armrest of the couch onto the ledge. Or Elson was, anyways. He's like, Matt, you need to try it. I was like, oh, I don't want to. And he's like, no, you should try it. So I remember I jumped off and I held on, but my knee went right through the wall. And (laughs) it wasn't like a little hole. It was massive. Wow. Because it was like my thigh and my knee. (laughs) I remember my mom came to the stairs and she looked at it. She's like, just wait till your dad gets home. I said, oh, no. That's so scary. (laughs) So then I remember I like... I went to bed, <laughs> like I was laying in bed and I pretended to fall asleep, cause like, oh, your parents won't get mad if you're asleep. And then uh, I woke up very suddenly <laughs> with my with my dad there, and he said, "Did you put a hole in my wall?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Why?" And then Austin was like in the corner, like laughing at me. And I said, "Well, we were jumping off the couch and I hit put my knee through the wall," and he said. You're not supposed to do that. I'm very disappointed. Said, oh no! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. And then you had to fix it that day after coming home from work. And I I knew. I was like, I was in very big trouble. I was grounded after that.
0: Okay, so destruction of property.
1: Yep, was yours. Yes. Usually, great.
2: Mine was theft.
1: Actually. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> All right, let's let's, That's my, uh, let's hear my the crime. story.
2: I don't know if this is the most trouble but this is one that i think of right off the top and it makes me laugh when i think about it so when i was in grade maybe four or five i don't know elementary um webkins were really cool do you guys know webkins yeah like okay. as a concept like a plushy toy that you would get a code with and it would unlock like a virtual world and you could go and like play games with it and whatever so it was it was like a video game toy combo um and i remember going with my family we went to the bay just like shopping for Christmas, or I don't know what we were doing there. Um, But they had like a massive whole wall full of all these webkins. And I never cared about the stuffies because I was way too cool for that. But I wanted all the virtual codes. And so I just took the paper out of all the webkins <laughs> so any kid that would have gone to go buy a webkin would not have gotten any of the virtual fun <laughs> and I've, i took them home that's, and such rem- <laughs> a, that's so
0: diabolical
2: <laughs> i don't want the toy it doesn't even look like i stole anything <laughs> it was undercover but i went home i like sat on the computer that had like only one page in, in internet was allowed like anyway we, i sat down and like opened up this webkinz website and was putting in all these codes and my dad came in and he's like what are all these and I was just like oh it's just paper like I totally lied about it it's nothing they knew what it was but I had to what go are these
0: huh. oh dad it's just paper <laughs> <laughs> fooled him got
2: him yeah but I had to take them back all of them to the lady at the bay and I had to say I stole all all of these. <laughs> that's actually. The, the best part of the story is like she didn't give a rip. <laughs> like, she was oh, like, yeah. what is this? She had no idea. Couple of didn't pieces care. Of paper. <laughs> yeah. so paper. I got her, but. You yeah. have
0: a third one today who stole all of these <laughs> webkins codes.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the one that comes to mind. Maybe not the most trouble I've ever been in, but.
1: That's
0: memorable. genuinely kind of a crime. <laughs> so that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Okay.
2: I'll never forget it.
1: Did you did you did you have to pay for all of it? No, I didn't.
2: Because you gave already had back. all the codes though. I don't know. <laughs> so we, uh, I still got it all.
1: These codes <laughs> They're like, We're redeemable redeemed. once. The poor kid's so gonna
0: some get kid gets a webkins for Christmas. He's been waiting for it for oh. months. He goes online and it says this code has already been registered.
1: The <laughs> code is in use. I don't you think they put the code back into the deck. <laughs>
2: Actually, that's true. I never even thought about it. What do they have to do? you totally do do anything. Their you go to the
1: codes. There's gonna be yeah. There's gonna be like a kid sitting at his computer with his eyes all teary. Oh. <laughs> Son, what's wrong? <laughs> Just a couple of papers and it's not
3: working. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, for me, I was I was the middle child, so I, I didn't get in trouble nearly as much. One memory that sticks out, like, I must have been five or something. I don't know, but our parents had bought us all, like, these the boxes of Tic Tacs from the store yeah. for each kid. And we had them set up on like this TV mantle stuff. And it's like, you can have one a day and everybody had left. And like my brothers was sitting up there. And for some reason I was just hooked on these things. And oh, yeah. So I would like go up and I'd sneak one and then look around. <laughs> and I did that like for, I guess the next 30 minutes or something, because I finished his pack <laughs> when they got home my brother goes to have one and no. they're like, what the heck happened? I'm like, I don't know. And I was like hiding behind a couch. Cause I, I, I was like so ashamed. Um, but yeah, no, I got grounded
1: after that. To be fair. To have one tic tac a day, oh, that's As a child, you like have the like total access to They're it, taunting like, uh, you up there. Yeah. but
3: not only that. It's just funny. that was my brothers. a day.
1: <laughs> Where were I yours? A uh,
3: probably like in the same spot. I just didn't eat them, <laughs> <laughs> or I had already finished them or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was Tic-tac. five.
0: Um, mine comes with a content warning. There's some very mild oh. swearing coming up here, folks. Whoa. So if you're listening with your kids in the car, maybe skip ahead a little here. Uh, mine was when I was about 10 years old. That's roughly grade four, grade five, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. And I learned my first swear word.
3: I would love to go around and oh, hear what yeah. each of your first swear words were. That's so good. What was the first swear word you ever learned? So I learned my first swear word probably in grade four. And Ooh, my, Jim- my friend Jimbo. Wait, hang on. That was his name. He what was you- from the States. He left. Um, <laughs> Jim- <laughs> he y. was like, Colin, say the word Hit but with an S in front of oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I said it, and then I'm like, why is this so funny? And I said it at home, and my parents Okay, not, not so like funny. That. So this is
0: a great precursor to my story, but I quickly want to hear Matt and
1: Maddie's. Mine was the same word as Colin's. Okay. But I remember saying stupid one time, and Olson told on me, and I got in trouble. Oh, yeah, that happened all the time. So that hmm. was technically a swear word for me when I was well, younger. Well, it's
0: not a very nice word.
2: Mine was... Someone told me that if you put the middle finger up, that it's a swear. And I thought it was like witchcraft. So I sat through a whole class in school just with like two fingers up. Double the Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I really thought it was witchcraft. I was like, you can't make me swear. And I just sat there swearing all class.
0: <laughs> so my, yeah, my friend Xander, he was my best friend through all of elementary school. In grade four or five, I can't remember which one, uh, he taught me the word ass. But he taught me that it was like a nice thing. Like if you called Aww. somebody that, he totally tricked me. He taught me that if you called somebody that you were complimenting them, like it was a oh good no. thing. So, I can't even imagine your tone of trying to like. So later, later on that day, uh, I was back at home and then I called my brother that, um, but in like a nice way. Like he came home, like from school or whatever. I saw him and I went. And just in front of my parents, (laughs) like I thought this was like a very nice thing to say to somebody and he didn't know what it meant. So he he was confused. My parents were mortified. (laughs) I don't think I actually got in that much trouble because I think they understood that I had no idea idea. what I was saying. Mm. But yeah, that was kind of the first time where I was like, so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also remember a different experience. Once in my life, I've had my mouth washed out with soap. Whoa! I know that's like old school, but I actually can't remember what I said. So it must a, have been pretty bad. I think it was earlier than, than the experience I just described. So. I think
3: I used the word stupid in like a rage moment. That,
0: honestly, that may have been it. I don't think I knew any swears before that. Yeah. So I think it may have just been, or maybe, you know what? It may have been telling my mom to shut up or something. Yeah. Like, yeah.
3: That, that's oh,
1: telling your mom to shut up. That's not, you know what? And, not, and it's
0: no go. Go. like now I would never do that. No. Like that's like, I, I just, I actually don't like, I don't really have a problem with swearing. In certain contexts, that is not something that really bugs me. But I actually don't like the phrase "shut up." I don't mm-hmm. like when people use it, like so when, they're, when they mean it when they're angry up, and they just
1: shut up. Well, shut I mean, up. I Come love on, I love the Black Eyed Peas. Okay, <laughs> no, I am know you don't. <laughs> no, I know I
0: really hate them. But <laughs> sorry, Black Eyed, Peas. sorry Ferg. I know Fergie Ferg is in a Fergie. <laughs> She's a, a very consistent listener of the show. Her and Victoria are our <laughs> biggest fan base. Shout out to Victoria. She's probably listening to this. Uh, She's been with us all summer. She's been giving me her takes on all of our icebreaker questions all summer. So, Victoria, we feel like you've been part of the show with us. We know your favorite temperature is 25 degrees Celsius, which is hot, hot,
2: hot. I'm all right. I get you, Victoria. Well, Maddie (laughs) says she
1: gets you. I don't. But Matt doesn't. Because I'm also 13 to 15 degrees. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, that's a... Yep. Yeah, that's, the, that's the one. That fall temperature. Pumpkin Spice Lattes came out mm-hmm. today, so if you haven't gotten out to get a PSL, folks, go ahead. Grab one right now. Pause this podcast. <laughs> we, are,
3: we are giving you permission to go <laughs> yeah. grab a Pumpkin yeah, Spice latte. Yeah. Pause and this
0: podcast. Go grab one and sit in Starbucks with your AirPods. Just enjoy. All right. So our first conversation, um, if you've been listening to us over the summer, you know, a few times we've referenced studies by uh, this organization called the Barna Research Group that does research uh, sort of related to church and church trends. Uh, Just a couple days ago, they put out a really interesting article. Uh, And I thought that it would be a great conversation. Um, This article discusses the five trends that church leaders should pay attention to in order to better disciple the next generation. They define as millennials and Gen Z. So these trends come from two decades worth of research that this group has conducted. And they've sort of narrowed everything down into these five trends. And they say, if you focus on these things, then, or these are the most important trends you should be focusing on. So uh, here they are. We're not going to discuss all of them because some of them we've actually talked about on this show before, Um, but I'll name them all and then we'll talk about a couple of them. Um, So the first one uh, is that the church must help younger generations wisely navigate screen time. Uh, The second one is that the church must integrate its response to injustice directly into young adults' ministry. Uh, The third one is that the church must address issues of loneliness and anxiety in young adults. Uh, The fourth one is that the church must support and encourage resilient disciples who are growing in their personal faith. And the fifth one is that the church uh, must reframe the notion of outreach and sharing their faith with the next generation. And that last one we talked about a little bit uh, when it comes to different language surrounding sharing your faith and that kind of thing. So we have discussed a few of these trends in the past. So we're just going to talk about two of them briefly today, and I'd love to get your guys' idea on it. Uh, The first one is the idea that the church, in order to better reach and disciple us, functionally, millennials and Gen Z, the church must integrate its response to injustice into young adults' ministry. So what do you guys think about that idea? That rather than sort of addressing injustice maybe as a side thing or maybe part of the missions department, it becomes directly part of young adults ministry. Do you think that's an important trend? Do you think that is something you see in, you know, your world in the church today? How do you think we can do that?
3: I think it's important, not just in young adults ministry, but in all ministries. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like the church should have a heavy hand in leading. in, Uh, movements against injustice because like the whole bible is about trying to become more righteous in the eyes of god and um doing what jesus did and would jesus be fighting injustices i think we can safely say yes probably a
0: safe bet
2: yeah i think it's interesting because matt colin and i all lead a small group together for youth so it feels like a small circle all of a sudden but our kids post about injustices and they like constantly not only posting though like maybe I think maybe I would post more than I would actually do something which is probably terrible but they're posting about stuff and they're researching and they're learning about it and I just kind of think like if I don't know anything about this stuff how are we supposed to how am I supposed to show up for our youth kids or how are we supposed to even host a conversation or be able to hear them fully without knowing Anything in that realm that's going on, like you're not equipped if we don't know it. So even for that reason, I'm like, yeah, we definitely need it. Our kids are, are noticing and, and praying So that's it. interesting.
0: Do you think that one way the church can better integrate approaching issues of injustice sort of into its, I like what you said, Colin, all of its ministries in our context, mm-hmm. we're talking about young adults, is does it start with the leaders educating themselves? Does it start with simply learning what injustices are happening in the world today and then going from there?
1: Yeah, like, I think it's important to know everyone should be doing their own research at all whenever something does come up. But regarding the... the, Like, I I do understand that, the like, yeah, maybe the leader's at the top of the church or however you want to do it. I'm not saying there's a hierarchy. What I'm saying is there's the leaders of the church and then your volunteers and whatever it is. Uh, but no, like, it, I think it's important for the leaders to understand what's going on because then it'll help the whole church in a way start leading against this injustice in the right way, not the wrong way. And in regards to speaking to the young adults about it, it's because I don't know for myself, I'm very, sometimes it's quick to speak or yeah, quick to speak and slow to listen when it should be the other way around. And so, and I feel with a lot of young adults, it's like that because it pops up on social media and then we're right in there too. Like we're right in the, Twitter comments or Facebook comments and just going at it. But if we had people from our church leaders kind of showing us and educating us on what this is, I think we would have a better response to it. Right.
0: Yeah. Because I think part of what they're getting at in this article is that, um, and I don't think this is, I'm not saying other generations don't think this too, uh, but I don't have a lot of experience there. I think what I'm seeing and what the article hints at is that. For people our age, for millennials and Gen Z, um, in working through and dealing with and having conversations about injustice is an inseparable part of discipleship. That to be an apprentice to Jesus is, uh, um, yeah, navigating injustice and 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 working against it is is inseparable from becoming more like Jesus. I'm sure that's true for other generations too, but that seems to be the rallying cry of our generation is, is a desire to know more about the social injustices happening in our world and to engage with them, but not just, you know, aside from their involvement in the church, but as a Christ follower, as a disciple. Um, And I think the church is still working through what that looks like to integrate and how to respond Um, We talked about it a little bit on this show, uh, the recent anti-racism protest in the States. You saw a wide spectrum of responses from churches in North America, Um, everything from silence to kind of outright support, maybe even some that were against it. Um, I didn't see a lot of that, but I think that just goes to show that when it comes to having conversations about injustice, I think that the church is still learning what it means to do that. Even though, as you said, Colin, we have an excellent scriptural foundation for fighting against injustice. Um, Even being anti-racists, all people are made in the image of God. We talked about that. Like we have the best foundation to fight injustice, but I think just culturally and socially, the church is still figuring out what that means to integrate into its life as a church.
1: Yeah, I think also... I remember the our very first podcast we talked about, because that's when everything with George Floyd was happening. We kind of said in the, you said a statement, Dom, that um, we agree that everyone should be treated equally and everything like that. And it was just said, like, and a lot of the times, some of the churches that we see now and some of the leaders we have in church just don't know what to say. And like you said in the beginning, it's they need to get educated on it so that they can start sharing it with, with uh, the young adults, or with the congregation, and then from there to the young adults, and then from there to the youth. Yeah. Because there's layers to it, right? Yeah, for sure.
0: And and I think that um, as the church helps young adults deal with injustice as part of its ministry, something that um, Cam, many of you know, works at Grant, has taught me over the years is that one of the most important things we can do with issues of injustice is not just to... um, separate it from scripture, but to realize, as I said before, we have the best foundation to respond to injustice uh, because of who we are in Christ and because of what we know from scripture. So training people how to respond, not just from a cultural or social lens, though those are often very important too, but to learn how to respond from a scriptural lens, to respond to injustice in the same way that God would, which is to defend the oppressed. And so yeah, I think that there's a lot of work still to be done there. And I, I would agree with Barna that that's a really important trend. Uh, the second one we're going to talk about briefly here is the idea that the church must support and encourage resilient disciples who are growing in their personal faith. So to explain that one a little bit more, what they're saying is, although events are still good and important, and in fact, Although this will come out after the fact, we're having an event for young adults tomorrow night. So clearly, events we think they're still good and worth having. But I think what Barna's is pointing at here is that um, an event, a ministry that's only based in events, won't take people as far as they need to go in their own personal discipleship. So what Barn is pointing out is something that is unfortunately um, statistically slipping for our generation: is personal discipleship is um, spiritual discipline is reading the Bible and praying on a regular basis. Studies show we're not doing that as much as older generations. And so uh, what Barn is pointing at is, yeah, having events is great. Having an awesome worship night with lights and sound and the whole production, that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But one of the primary things we should be doing is supporting and encouraging disciples who are growing in their personal faith, not just in attendance. What do you guys think about that? Is that an issue you see in the church today? And uh, how do you think the church can respond to that?
1: Yeah, I think it is an issue and I and I do think that is very important. Like like I was saying before there's layers to all of it, right? Like I know that a lot of our young adults at Grant are also youth leaders and that is like awesome. Like that is discipleship happening, right? Like, cuz we're getting our young adults going down to the to the youth and then the youth will soon, or some of our youth are actually then in multiply, multiply leaders. Um, and if you're listening, you don't know what that is. Multiply is, what is it, Maddie? Grade five to seven. So grade five to seven. Then our youth is grade eight to 12. And then our young adults is till 30. So we have. Roughly. Yeah. 18 to 35 years old. We're loose on the 30. Whatever. But 18 to 35 or 30 years old. And then discipling uh, high school students, who are then discipling uh, middle school students, and that's that's the layers that I think is so important that our church needs to have, and that comes from discipleship. I know when I was in high school, uh, we were in our missions teams, and or our missions team, and one of the main things that our um, leader had us do was something called our dozen, and it's basically where each Missions team member would have 12 people of the same gender. So I had 12 guys, some from grade 12, but it went from grade nine to 12. And those people we would disciple, like I would disciple and I would share God's love. And we would talk about things and have like a small Bible study every Wednesday. And because his main goal was all about discipleship. And I think that is so important for a church to have. Um, because yeah, if you just have events over and over again, Although they're good and they're very healthy because I think going bowling with a bunch of people from the church, building that relationship, that's the only way you're going to be able to disciple them is if you have a relationship with that person. So it is very healthy to have events, but if it's all events and no discipleship happening, I agree. I think it's, it's not good and it's not happening enough.
2: And an event too, like that's a group event where to, my, to me, like I think, oh, good, it's a group event I can kind of dissolve a little bit or blend in or I don't have to be seen or, or it's not about me. And so that's not a bad thing for something to not be about me. Um, but for something like mentorship, we were talking about youth or like even younger grades, but going the other direction with, so say young adults, receiving mentorship from someone older than them. That is my mind immediately went there with this this trend. Um my mentor, man, I'm so thankful for that relationship. I can't disappear in an event with, with Debbie, my mentor, like it's me and her, she kind of sees it all and we get to talk about stuff, but you have to be, um, that's where the growing is. That's when you're having conversations about like, Hey, I'm sucking at this or I need help or we're praying for each other or whatever. And that is such a beautiful thing, but knowing, yeah, we're transformed by God, but we're transformed also through that wisdom that we can get from other, other mentors. And it's just so amazing, but I don't know how I don't, I know from being not in that relationship with Debbie previously, it's not the same. My growth just wasn't the same. And so it's not, it's not because, oh, I needed Debbie to do that for me, but just it's such an encouragement to have something like that in my own life where, um, yeah, it does encourage Bible reading. It does encourage, are you reading, are you praying on your own? Are you doing these um, spiritual practices that just help you grow in your own faith?
3: Yeah, no, I remember because we're we're all youth leaders, but there was one youth night where we were talking to the kids about discipleship and we came to the Bible and, you know, there's so many passages that talk about the importance of it. And me and Matt were really drilling into the kids' heads, like mentorship's (laughs) important. And then I went home that night and realized that I was a massive hypocrite (laughs) because I don't have a mentor.
2: Gotcha.
3: And I still don't. And I've been finding as... Um, as soon as I got out of youth, uh, where I sort of had a leader and mentor, um, but he was like for the group. Um, I, I haven't really had that since. And I've felt that lacking. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't really known where to go for that, uh, for a mentor, but I, as I'm getting further and further from that point of leaving youth, I'm feeling the desire more and more for a mentor somebody to just have accountability with me cuz like without that like it's it's so hard to like pick up the bible every day mm-hmm. like and it's so easy to do but like ha- not having those real world conversations where somebody's like calling you out um mm-hmm. that's that's a huge part in uh self development so it sounds like you guys
0: have all mentioned this it sounds like for you guys you've connected and I think this is great, you've connected personal discipleship with mentorship and accountability, that those things are deeply connected um, and generational mentorship, Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. friends getting together, although that's often a great way to also grow and and deepen Mm -hmm. your faith. But you guys are talking about um, eight different age groups working together to mentor
1: each other to grow in holiness. I do think, though, that discipleship isn't just about that. I think discipleship is also having like a bible study and having Smaller, small group yeah and doing things like that i think that is discipleship because colin has taught me a bunch of things and shown me a bunch of things that my mentor hasn't sure. yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah. right yeah. different experiences different discipleship that's happened each disciple of jesus was from different parts of life tax collector fisherman things like that and they all were well jesus was discipling them but then they were all discipling other people right like it, and again, it, it's because of that flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and it's funny actually that uh, Colin was saying like, and then I don't have a mentor, right? And that kind of shows I'm not taking shots at Grant at all, but I'm saying it needs to be more ready available for young adults. Like that discipleship and that mentorship um, in all churches, in all walks of life. And if we want discipleship, um, if that's something that we're longing for, of course, we have to take that step and start searching for it. But I think that there should be like on the pamphlet at church when you go there mentorship or discipleship <laughs> <Right>. available. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, that it would be a core ministry of what we do. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's been a dream of mine for a long time. But mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. One more question for you guys, because... um Part of what the study mentioned was in addition to mentorship, uh, something that's really important um, that we need to be encouraging our, and supporting our young adults to do is to grow in their relationship with God um, on a personal level. So just that kind of one-on-one personal relationship that grows really through no other way other than spiritual mm-hmm. discipline, uh, things like Bible reading and prayer and meditation and worship uh, on an individual level. So I'm curious, um, and I'm asking because I'm asking for job advice here, (laughs) how do we (laughs) encourage and support young adults to do that? Um, One way that I thought of was a podcast. So this summer we did Canvas devotions and they're just 10 minute devotionals I hope that people were able to take and use to kind of think about scripture and then spend time in prayer afterwards. Um, But what do you guys think about that? How do we encourage and support young adults to do that? Because studies show they're not nearly as much Mm -hmm. as maybe they want to be.
2: Maybe this is the part where I'm hearing the question differently, because we're talking about how do we get people to move from just liking the idea of reading their Bible and and prayer and all these pieces to actually doing it, right? right? So to me, that's like, okay, you're inspiring them to move. For me, it might not necessarily be a... You gave the example of the podcast, so I'm just going to use that. Yeah. It might not necessarily be contact on a podcast. Um, but for me, what's really inspiring is hearing other people who are inspired. So I'm thinking of a couple of young adults that I've had the opportunity to get to know this past summer or during the past year and hearing them just genuinely talking about where they're what they're learning. And even some of these questions we're talking about on the podcast, like, what are you learning about God or what are, what are you relearning? And hearing that is so inspiring and it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many people in this world learning so many things about God and there's so much more that we'll never know. And so watching it and standing beside people who are pursuing that to me makes me want to go and do that as well. So I don't know how much that's like a, what kind of content do we need or whatever. It's more so a man doing that journey as much as it is a, a personal thing. You can get inspired through other other individuals. And I love that. For
0: sure. Yeah. So I think then the advice would be less about what we can do, but more so maybe each individual surrounding themselves with people who inspire them to get to know God better.
2: And then don't be shy to also inspire others. And it's not like I'm going to inspire today. That's a good word. Yeah. I love how for the people I'm thinking of, it's so genuine. Like it's just so when we're talking or we're getting a coffee or something like, I don't know, we're moving tables around for an event like it's just it flows out of them because they're they're genuinely excited and that can't you can't fake that like you can't make that happen on demand in the same way that genuine genuine um conversation and love for what they're learning it's it's so addictive it I just love being around it
3: yeah, and I don't think the answer is a turnkey like, oh, do a podcast, young adults, they're gonna read their Bibles. They're not, <laughs>
0: <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> man. I'm what a waste of my summer.
3: <laughs> but no, I I do think it's it's becoming more um, personalized, and like, I don't think the same reason why I missed reading my Bible this week is the same reason that it is for somebody else. Yep. Um, but one thing that like, uh, back when I was at camp. Uh, cabin leader. That was absolutely huge for me. Was tog time. I don't know if you guys know what that can is. You say, can you say that alone again? With God, tog time alone. T A W G. Tog okay. tog, but it, it was a scheduled time in our uh, day, um, where uh during our leadership development program, um, we just were sent out for an hour with a Bible, and we had to go find a spot randomly in the field. And just spend an hour with God every day, and that was absolutely huge. Just to like have it in my schedule and actually mm-hmm. like have nothing to do except for that. Um, definitely something I want to <laughs> re-implement into my life. But also, yeah, just morning prayer, um, and having s- some sort of repetition. Like uh, it, I found it's very important to every day just reset yourself and say, this is, this is a day for God. Like do what you want to. Um, it totally changes your mindset throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it might just be a reminder thing, but it might also be, you know, God's helping you with that, but it's yeah, absolutely huge just to have that constant reminder of, okay, this is, this day like God can use to do something great.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I also think, uh, accountability has always been something huge for me. And I know going to um, a Christian school and doing missions and all that, but even other walk at grant or even other places, accountability has been huge for me because then you have someone who you can go to and tell them, Hey, I'm not doing great. This is why Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not reading my Bible more. Can you keep me accountable? And I think also, you need to to trust that person a lot. But I know that if I I go to Dom and I say, which I have before, hey man, like I'm not doing great. This is what's happening. Then Dom asks me why. Why is this happening? And you have to be raw and you have to be ready to not make excuses. Because ultimately it's my own choices. But when I have an accountability partner, it's someone that God has put in my life so that I'm able to, be corrected in a, in a godly way Mm -hmm. and in the right way um, so that I do get connected with God. And I'm not, and God has put this person in my life. So why not use that person? Right. right? I'm not saying you rely on this person day, day in and day out, but it's another tool we can use. Right. And if you need to, then do it. Like if I knew that one of my friends was struggling with something and he was, he told me, well, I don't want to rely on you too much, Matt, day in and day out. Like, man, but if I'm available and if God has put me in your life for that, yeah, there's a point where it's like, hey, you need to make sure you're going to God first before you're going to me. But let me, let me be w- with you. Let me be standing beside you while you're doing that. Let me be helping you. Um, and that's, I think, one of the ways that can really help um, young adults, anyone in life yep. is accountability accountability partners like hey a canvas hits and we're like hey go find your accountability partner we're back in the in in high school like Mm -hmm. but it's important because sometimes we forget about that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah great thanks guys okay our second conversation tonight uh is a little bit more serious so we just want to quickly put a content qualifier around this um this conversation, this next uh, topic touches on the subject of self-harm and depression, and we know that can be difficult for people to hear about. So just a heads up. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on this because I think it's an important study for us to talk about. Uh, a new research study from the CDC. So that's the Center of Disease Control in the U.S., um, shows that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, has a pretty huge impact on mental health, probably bigger than a lot of us think. Uh, In addition to the medical and financial struggle that many are working through, um, they have discovered that this pandemic has created significant mental health challenges uh, for many people. Um, This study, and this statistic to me is shocking, uh, found that one in four young adults, so they define that as 18 to 24, one in four young adults in the U.S. have contemplated suicide because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Now, this group has obviously then been heavily impacted by the pandemic, but other groups have been struggling as well. Um, 22% of essential workers And 31% of self-reported unpaid caregivers, so people who are caring for a loved one uh, who's older or who's ill, uh, have also struggled with suicidal ideation. Uh, So in general, 31% of respondents report feeling anxious or depressed because of the pandemic, and approximately 13% have reported turning to alcohol or drugs to cope with stress during the pandemic. So we know this is not a fun conversation, um, but we think it's important that we recognize the mental health issues that are likely surrounding us on an everyday basis. So to that end, uh, before we move on, I just briefly want to say two things to our listeners. Uh, The first thing is that if this is hitting home for you, if you're Wondering if you're maybe in that one in four, if you find yourself struggling with anxiety or depression or even with suicidal thoughts, then we want you to know that we are here for you and we want to help you find the help that you need. Um, Now, I'm not a counselor, and none of us sitting around this room are counselors, but we would love for you to reach out to me or to any of the ministry staff at our church because we want to help connect you with helpful resources uh, such as counseling that can help you walk through this season. Uh, And as someone who has benefited greatly from counseling, I I can't recommend it enough to you if you are struggling. And we would love to be able to pray with and for you. So again, if this report is hitting you close to home, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, Even if you don't think it's a big deal, do it anyway. And we'd love to walk with you, pray with you, and connect you with resources. The second thing I want to say is that if you are not struggling with your mental health right now, it's likely that someone around you is. Statistically, according to this study, that's true. So I would encourage you uh, to find ways to reach out and support your friends that are walking through a difficult season. Um, To check in with them, as Matt has already described, and to pray for them. Uh, Because as a community, we want to be all in on this together. So I just wanted to briefly share that study. I think it's important and touches our age demographic uh, and just give those reminders that you can reach out and that there's hope and support. All right. So uh, we are going to move on to some testimonies with our group here. So, Uh, Today, in the place of me sitting down with people in our community, I thought for the season finale, we could hear a little bit more from our host team. Uh, So each person here, uh, I'm going to ask them to share uh, what they have learned, what you guys have learned in your personal relationship with God during the summer. So maybe more specifically, what is one uh, theme or book or Bible passage or maybe a sermon you've heard that has been significant or meaningful to you over the summer? Um, I'll go first and then I'll let somebody else talk. Um, for me, what's been really impactful over the summer is that um, closer to the beginning of July, I heard someone use an expression in a sermon. They said, um, things don't grow unless you water them, which is such a basic, simple expression. Um, but I realized, like, if I want to grow, for example, in the fruit of the Spirit, if I want to become more Loving, joyful, peaceful, patient. If I want to become more like Christ, which I do, it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen in a vacuum. It's going to happen because I structure my life and my time and my time with God in such a way that I'm watering the things that are important to me, which may also mean leaving things behind that aren't different activities or um, parts of my schedule. So for me, what's been really impactful this summer is just reminding myself that. Um, I want to be intentional with my time to make, I mean, this sounds like a hobby lobby sign, but to make each (laughs) moment count, but really to, to realize that the time I have here is finite, um, and that I want to use it to know God better and to serve him and the people around me more. Um, but again, those things aren't going to happen unless I water them, unless I spend time, um, growing in those areas, which for me has meant, yeah. Yeah personal devotion, spiritual disciplines, things I'm still not great at, but trying to get better at. So
3: for me, um, it would be the value I put in worship and, uh, mm-hmm. how important that is in my, uh, life and just how that's all changed, um, through COVID and how learning how to worship outside of, you know, a worship night, Sunday mornings. Um, which is funny cause I'm behind the soundboard mm-hmm. now, <laughs> uh, that is a form of worship and I consider it that, but, um, yeah, time, times in my car have been becoming very, very important to me now just because of that shift of, yeah, I can't be in a church with, you know, 800 people surrounding me. Um, yeah. And just pouring it all out, uh, even just by yourself and like the same power that God can show you in the the most powerful worship night there is is with you all the time um, and can always be reached. Um,
0: wow, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the way you said that.
3: Yeah. But yeah, just realizing like you don't have to be a bread we break, you don't have to be a canvas to worship God, you don't have to, um, yeah, be in this like atmospheric fog filled room uh to connect with him and to feel his presence. But yeah.
2: Mine's similar kinda to Colin's. I think I shared this in our first episode actually, where um I've just been really loving like a slow moment with God. And I I haven't taken the time to plan it. And so it's been something that um I've just appreciated that God has met me where I am this this summer. Just it's it's been a wild one. <laughs> it's been lots going on but I've been hearing it through other people's stories and the way that they're um, also busy or they're also learning what the fall's going to be like. And even though they're anxious or um, I'm trying to figure out what the fall is going to look like, or we're just working through like a fast pace right now. Um, just like God gives us such amazing moments of peace of, of doing laundry or the drives or um, having a forced moment of worship, which isn't our normal, but like those, those moments, I'm just, I'm loving them so much just to know that um, God sees that I'm done. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed, Um, but he still is reaching out for me in those kinds of moments to say, like, I see you and I know, um, I know, I know what you're working through and what you're, what you're trying to grow through and, and get to the next point with, but Um, just like stay here with me, and I've loved that. I know our our church is going through Psalms right now, and I I don't even know if this was one of the verses or not that we did, but I think it's in Psalm thirty four, and it talks about like I looked for God, and He was there, and that and it's period, like it was just that simple. And I know it's not always that, but that's what I've been learning and loving this summer.
1: Yeah, mine's kind of similar. Uh, sometimes I feel that uh, there's just so many things happening this summer and there's so many it's all good things too um but a lot of the times i end up getting caught up and then, I, and then i and then i feel that i'm not giving any of my time to god and then i make the excuse that i'm not giving enough time to god so i don't give god time i'll be laying in bed i'm like well i don't want to give god like the, the last three minutes before i fall asleep so i'll do it tomorrow morning then i wake up in the morning i'm like well i don't want to give god the first the last five minutes before I leave with the door. So I'm going to, I'll do it later. Right. And it's all, and it's sometimes it's this constant, like it's just emotion that just keeps on going and going and going. And then it gets nowhere. And then the times that I actually take the three minutes before I fall asleep or the five minutes before I fall asleep end up being like half an hour or whatever. And it's not bad. It's great. Like, although I need to be more intentional with it and I know that, and I know that, Leaving the three minutes isn't right for me to do, but it's more right for me to take those three minutes and pray than to give the excuse of "I don't want to just do this" because God deserves more of my time, and it's a, it's an easy excuse for me to make that I sometimes always make. So, um, that's something I've had to learn is that God is readily available at all times, anytime, during the day or night, and uh, it, it's always it's always great. Um, and something that's been an album I should say uh, that's really like helped me focus on that even at work whenever I get to work I go on YouTube and I just play the album um, Tell All My Friends by Will Regan and the United Pursuit man it's such a peaceful album but the words are so it's all about giving God control and it's all about letting go and um, it's just a very relaxing for me to be at work going crazy at work but then also having worship in my ears and like colin said in your car wherever it is and it's just so relaxing to hear and so peaceful to 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 hear the words saying give god control give god control um lay it all down uh not in a hurry like it's all these different songs that i love to sing and i love to play drums to um and it's more than that for me it's 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 a prayer in the moment and it's it's my time with god um that is isn't the craziest time of my day is at work and it's it's just so good to see that um and also this podcast has been amazing to do this this year i was so excited when we when we first said hey let's do this podcast i was like yeah let's do it um yeah i've loved every minute of it uh and although that Lots of the stuff I say is whack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do love this community. This community has helped me so much this year, especially during COVID. Like knowing that I can reach out to any, anybody in my community at any time of day and they'll respond in a Christ like loving way, nurturing a safe environment for me and that I can share anything is something that I can't get anywhere else.
0: I know what you mean. Yeah, that's very special to have for sure. Thanks for sharing, guys. That's cool to hear about what you've all been walking through and learning. And it's also neat how I think all of us, there's a similar theme here that we've all been experiencing, just the importance of focusing on the most important thing, which is really time spent with God, being aware of him and worshiping him, even on an individual level, um, as well as with our community. So thanks for sharing that. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is our season finale. This is it for the summer. Uh, So uh, we're just briefly going to share a few of our favorite memories from this past year and then close off. Um, So what have you guys, what are some of your
1: favorite (laughs) moments from this past year uh, from our conversations here? My favorite moment was also one that riled me up (laughs) and everyone knows because it's been mentioned like every podcast ever since we were actually sitting in the same exact order that we are now when i said purple was my favorite color and dom absolutely was in shock the
3: atmosphere (laughs) of the room
1: changed (laughs) only for dom though everybody else was fine it, oh see this is why it's my favorite moment yeah whenever we talk about it dom is still shook about it
0: I, it's not a bit like i'm not doing a bit where i'm like pretending like i it, it's a lot it's a lot to process i think there's so many angles for it of it for me i think part of it is that i thought i knew you really well oh, like Oops. and, and i'm no, no no i do like I, I i do think i know you really well but well, apparently not, because I would <laughs> I would say if I were to make a list of what I thought Matt's favorite colors were, I don't think purple would have been on it. I think I would have forgotten about purple. Wow. So not just even. to find out that's number one, just like made me question <laughs> if I know him as well as I thought I did.
1: See, and then I was questioning it like daily. I was like, is purple my favorite color? Yeah, it is. It is my favorite <laughs> color. <laughs> I like black, and I like gray. Like if someone was like, hey man, what's your favorite color to wear? Or to your favorite paint color that you'd want on a wall? I'd say gray. Gray is my favorite color to wear, my favorite color to paint. What's your favorite color in general? Purple. Because I feel like everyone has just a favorite color that they just admire. Look, like when I look at the color purple, I said, wow, that's a nice color. <laughs> but then Dom do rams do me and mean? says, Are you okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty shocking. One of my favorite moments, uh, one of them is silly, one is serious the silly one. I don't mean to bring this up again. I'm so sorry, but I, I don't think I've been more, I don't know. I don't think I've laughed as hard as when Maddie (laughs) shared that her nickname, sorry to bring this up again, that her nickname was in high school.
2: High school. It was Fatty Maddie. (laughs) That's
0: just so mean and funny all at the same time. That was awesome. And I've had so many people like, like comment on that to me oh, and be no. like I can't believe people called her that. It it's really so wild. It it's really brutal. stuck with people. Yeah. Uh one of my favorite serious moments um was part of this show, but uh, outside of the host conversations here, my my interview with Clancy um which if you haven't listened to it, it's just a few episodes back. It's actually just a standalone we didn't record that weekend because of the long weekend, but um I just, that interview with Clancy, I think about it all the time. He just imparted a lot of wisdom, did it with such humility. Um, I just, I appreciated his words a lot. And I actually think about them um, to this day. So thanks, Clancy, for for sharing that with us. Yeah.
1: Dude, the guy keeps giving me shout outs <laughs> everywhere. Clancy, he show, shouts out uh, Colin too. Yeah, yeah. The but yeah. man, that guy deserves his own shout out. Like, yeah. he is full of. His heart is so servant like, and he's always ready to serve. And seeing him play drums or even worship or even sing is just so he's so humble and it's just so, yeah, like you said, packed with wisdom. And it's so good to see someone like that serving in our church.
0: Yeah, we're thankful for you, Clancy. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure if this was actually a podcast recorded moment or just a team moment. But it was a serious one. It's when Colin thought that Dawn wasn't a name. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the podcast that wasn't was was a podcast. Oh,
2: was so sorry guys. I guess yeah. Well, we're already we're here. this yeah. far in
3: it. I Colin, didn't why know don't you explain this? D A W N was a name. And I saw it on Instagram and I freaked. Colin saw just the just name out.
0: Dawn, D A W N, and his first
1: thought was, wait,
3: like the soap? <laughs> <laughs> and Dom was like, What do you mean? I'm
1: like, a Don and the grease. No, you, did is gone. Say, you did not say it like that. We you were sitting dangle. here uh, and we are like, Don. And then me and Dom were looking at each other, we're like, Don. And then calls yeah, like, it's a very common name. Don, like, you mean the name of the dishope? We're like No, like, a person's, it's like name. a person's name. And then it was quiet and like a drop of dawn. What his god? and he like yelled it. And I was like, God, yeah. <laughs> because I have literally never met anybody
3: with the name DA. That's like a great
2: aunt's name, is well. yeah. Yes. Well, I've know.
3: never met a great aunt with that name. Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. Um,
3: and so Dom ridiculed killed me, and well, I don't know He that. was like, I have never heard that slogan, and I'm like. <laughs> Wait, this is a separate issue now. He didn't know the he slogan know for song. Dawn. I didn't know it either, to be fair. Which, okay. it's like, it's drilled into your head because of media. <laughs> it's drilled into your head. It's which, drilled into my which head. Which is
0: weirder, not knowing the, the tagline <laughs> of some obscure soap <laughs> company. D A
3: W, Or not knowing a very a common name yeah. for a nice... Lady, <laughs>
0: a nice a older like
1: lady named Dawn.
3: Dawn. You know, we still don't know who's right or wrong, but
1: we it are, was a fun moment. We certainly do. No, it was three of I us. Think three of us against you.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. But my favorite moment was probably um, like most of the moments, not trying to be like, wow, combo, cute. But, you know, I'm a part of another podcast where it's all goofs and gas. But this was uh this is nice. This is good to uh, dig into real topics and hear people's opinions and learn from each other. And mm. yeah, it was a fun experience. Absolutely. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Just a disclaimer. Me and Dom are okay. We're good. <laughs>
0: yeah. On mic, we we get into it. We trade blows, but uh In but off life, mic, we go on we're, dates. We're good. We do go on lots of dates. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you three, Colin, Matt, and Maddie for joining us uh, all summer for giving of your time and you're sharing your thoughts with us. Um, for me personally, this has been a very fun summer getting to do this. It's been a great project uh, to sit down weekly. It's uh, honestly, it was just an excuse to sit down with three of my favorite people <laughs> and Talk to them for an hour each week. So yeah, thanks for doing that, guys. Uh, I want to give another shout out too, especially to Colin, uh, because Colin provided so much uh, resource and tech support for this podcast. At his home. Yeah, we're, we recorded often in his house. Um, he was helping me, especially early on with editing, getting things right. A lot of the equipment we're using belongs mm. to him personally. So thanks, Colin, for Woo-hoo, supporting the no podcast. Problem so well as mm. well as everything else you support in our church True. all right friends well this is us signing off for the last canvas conversations episode for now we know oh, we so don't have goodbye. Season, we don't know what, yeah for, for, for the summer
1: season we don't know what the future holds if we if we get a popular demand back if people yep. want us back If you get want it change
3: back Change.org <laughs>
0: <laughs> If
1: we get a uh, Injustice yeah.
0: If we get uh, a Petition with at least A thousand
1: signatures We'll come back <laughs> no, let's make it a hundred Come on Let's make Scaling. it ten A hundred petitions I will, We'll, we'll bring back One episode
0: Well I think we'll do One <laughs> Anyway
1: That's not that big A okay. commitment Anyway either way I just thought it'd be pretty cool To get a hundred people Want us to do a podcast but, um, <laughs> I don't know if we'll get A hundred signatures oh. but well, Is that a challenge? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, This it is tell your I, Friends. <laughs> I just
0: don't think our listeners are smart or good enough to get a 100. Oh. No, those those thems fighting words. Let's see what they put together. Yep. Well, signing off for the last time, this is Dom, Matt, Matty, and
1: Colin. And we'll see you later.
0: Thanks for listening to Canvas Conversations on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a show. And check us out on Facebook and Instagram at, at CanvasGMC.